Sex is one of humanity's greatest sources of pleasure. So why is it still shrouded in guilt, shame, and misunderstanding? Welcome to Are You Available? I'm your host, Lana Jade, sex worker turned counselor and sexual educator. And I'm here to unpack some of those issues that have come to light from my time in the adult industry. Hey there, and welcome back to Are You Available? I'm your host, Lana Jade, and thank you so much for joining me again. Before I start today's episode, I just wanted to address the fact that I haven't released an episode the past couple of weeks, and I wanted to apologize for that. I am all for structure and continuity, and it kills a little piece of my soul that I wasn't able to release episodes when I wanted. I am 11 weeks deep in lockdown, and to be honest, it's been a little bit of a struggle for me uh, mental health-wise, so I thought just take a little bit off my plate, give myself a chance to breathe and just chill the fuck out a little bit (laughs) and just deal with lockdown and go through all those emotions without trying to you know, get everything done perfectly the way that I wanted to, like what's an extra couple of weeks. It's not a huge deal in the whole big scheme of things. So apologies for the break. I am, like I said, I'm a huge fan of continuity, so not my ideal, but we are back. And this week's episode is an incredibly juicy one. It is a, it's titled Sex Workers Behaving Badly. So this is a topic that kind of gets overlooked or, you know, shoved under the rug and kind of forgotten about, or we kind of pretend that it doesn't even exist. But while we're talking about all the bad things that happen to sex workers, all the stigma, all the discrimination, all of the shitty situations and the way people treat us, this is a really important topic to address because it does play a whole, it does play a part in why the narrative that people have running through their minds is active one. It plays into a lot of it and it does, it magnifies it. But because we don't talk about it and we pretend that it's not a thing or we pretend that we're all saints and it it doesn't happen this way, then when it does happen, it's kind of like there's a misalignment between what we want people to believe and what the reality is. And while sex work is behaving badly or inappropriately or doing criminal things, is like a really small percentage of people within the industry it, like I said, it magnifies, you know, the detrimental effect that it has on the entire industry when we pretend it doesn't exist. So this topic is pretty vast because there's so many different ways that a sex worker or that sex workers don't behave appropriately or in the right way. So I'm going to start with peer-to-peer relationships and how how this industry and how the isolation within the industry and the between you know how it all kind of contributes to someone not really acting like their best self and causing problems for other people so part of part of this I think there's like there's so many different layers like all of this like sex like all of the things there's so many different reasons and layers to why something is the way it is but from my perspective one of the reasons that there's behavior that's not so professional I'm gonna yeah let's just run with that it's not professional like there's no other industry that you could go into right and this kind of behavior would be put up with um, or is it accepted or would you be able to keep your job or maintain, you know, your space within an industry if you were acting like pretty much like a child, 
a lot of it is like a schoolyard in a lot of senses. There's clicks and there's gossip and there's Chinese whispers and there's this like really toxic undercurrent that runs through some of the community and it gets exaggerated and perpetrated you know like more often when times are stressed you know like right now right it's covid a lot of us are in lockdown a lot of us are short on money you know we don't have any money coming in we're not allowed to legally work some people are still working because to be honest how the fuck could they not be able to you know like yeah anyway that's a whole other thing when i won't even go there i mean i am like i totally understand when people need to work in these situations because if you live in a capital city yeah anyway not gonna touch that topic right now so there's these cliques or these groups that are formed within the industry like an alliance i suppose and i find it really fascinating how like how magnetic some of these cliques are because you come into this industry you're a lot of the time you finally feel like you fit in right like you feel like you found your people you can be who you want to be even if it's through a facade or an illusion or through this persona that you've created you get to embody this person this being that it like it has all these attributes that perhaps you can't really you don't feel safe to um display or, or use in your everyday life so and then you've got like the ego side of it so you come into the industry and you've got people paying you for attention they're paying you to for your company you've got all of these people wanting to be around you whether or not it's paid or whatever and like it feeds your ego right like it's I think everyone goes through cycles of where like oh my gosh this is so amazing people are paying me to like just you know give them attention or or whatever it is and you feel important in a sense and um I think everybody's I mean like to be honest the way I behaved at the beginning or the way I thought at the beginning is like really quite embarrassing (laughs) like in hindsight I definitely let my ego take a little ride for a while and I thought like oh my gosh like I am incredible like look at me I'm making so much money people are making you know people always want to contact me and people want to you know I'm booked out and all the things and you think you're just like the shit like you know thankfully that didn't last long for me (laughs) and I was able to you know find a little bit of humility and and humbleness and realize that yeah I'm successful in this industry but really it's not even me right it's not even me as a person it's my persona and secondly what does that I mean yeah I'm proud of my achievements and all of the things but what does that mean in everyday life or in comparison to anything else like I'm no better than anybody else who's succeeding in any other industry and I'm no better than any anybody of course (laughs) so yeah really embarrassing little time for me to um, go through those heightened states of like you know inflated ego and feeling amazing but anyhow so you've got all of these egos at play and you're in an industry that essentially is pretty isolated and you want to share your successes with people you want to be around people that understand your successes and also understand the the downsides you know someone you can talk to about the shitty things in the industry or just talk to about the industry as a whole and you can't 
do that with everyday people really because they just don't understand and even if they're not showing any biases or anything like they want to understand but what they're saying they can't relate to it so it feels like they're either playing down how tough things are or they'll be just like just leave the industry you know if it's so bad why don't you just leave and obviously you wouldn't say that to anybody else in any other industry so you know, people don't understand. So you you want to find people that you can talk to. You want to find friends within the industry. And so these clicks uh, and groups happen, which is fine. Like, that's all fine. But they're very, um, they can be quite, like, exclusive, I guess. And it's a very big cancel culture that runs through the industry. And like I said, with the egos and things before, you've kind of got to, you know, like if you step on somebody's toes or their ego or whatever it is, then like you're essentially you're in the firing line for whatever that particular person might do, which sounds dramatic and it sounds fucking pathetic. And it and it is. But so for instance, like I I had a falling out with somebody. I don't even know what it was about to be honest. I truly don't even know a friend, was a good friend. I asked and they're like, well, you know, friends come and go and, <laughs> and whatever. And I was like, okay, we're right, whatever. You know, it is what it is. I don't know what I did. I wish I did. I feel like I'm pretty self-aware. I don't know though, which is fine. Like you have a falling out with somebody that's no big deal, right? Except when they turn it into this group thing and all of a sudden, all of these people that I was friendly with started blocking me on social media and I'm like that were, you know, within this particular clique. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, if I've had a falling out with someone, what? why would other people start blocking me that I don't, you know, like it just doesn't make any sense. So you're being pushed out. And then it's just, just this really ugly negative feeling where people are talking about you and you don't know what's being said, nor do you kind of want to, right? Like, I don't, honestly don't know what was said to make people cancel me as such but it's just like a such a weird behavior to have and then this you know these clicks will get online and they'll talk about people in groups like in behind closed in closed groups type scenario and just bully the fuck out of people that aren't aligned with their way of thinking or they're like what about this person and then just tear them down public like behind closed doors again but you know still like to to quite a few people it's just such a really ugly childish sort of behavior and to be in an isolated group of society anyway and then to have this sort of click culture behind it and click culture and cancel culture and it's like you're always kind of walking on eggshells because people will either tear you down publicly like on twitter or something if you don't agree with whatever they believe you know like i've had run-ins with people about the most bizarre things like just differencing differences in opinion over you know to do covered blowjobs or not for instance (laughs) that was one of them actually when I was doing covered blowjobs and then I was torn down publicly for displaying an elitist view and how dare I advertise that I'm doing covered blowjobs because it's so classist that I have the opportunity to do covered blowjobs and that I was like they were saying that I was looking down on people that were doing uncovered blowjobs mind you I was doing uncovered blowjobs like literally the week before <laughs> so and I was only offering covered blowjobs 
because there was a gonorrhea thing going around, but also because one of my clients had tested positive to gonorrhea and I'd been test, I had been tested, but I hadn't got the results back. So I was just being safe. <laughs> so the thing is like, you're always walking on eggshells because whatever you say is, is seen to directly impact everybody else. So people will tear you down publicly, gossip behind your back, all of those things. And that's like not that bad, right? Like that's not that bad. It's an ugly culture when you're already feeling isolated. But then it goes a step further and then people involve clients. So, and this can go so many different ways. And this is where it starts getting really ugly is because sex workers that know you personally will start telling clients really intimate details about your personal life, like your name or, you know, I had a girl who I'd known personally, who didn't like me, who was very vocal about what my client told me he'd seen both of us. I still find it weird that he was even talking to her about me. But anyhow, so he was speaking with her about me. And she's like, oh, my God, Lana Jade. I can't stand her. <laughs> and I was like, whatever, I don't like that bitch anyway. <laughs> but um, anyway, I was joking. I'm not really joking. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But she was like, and she's got a daughter. And did you know this? And did you know this? And I'm like... That's such poor behavior for another sex worker to do because firstly, it is my client who does see me regularly and I don't talk about being a mother with my clients. I'd always had this brand that I was just just a girl and I'd never spoken. It was just part of the thing that I'd never spoke about clients with um, for two reasons because when I'm like in mother mode and talking about being a mother, I do not feel like Lana at all. So it's just like it breaks the illusion of my my fantasy of who I am as Lana and it did really I find it really hard to be Lana while having that in the back of my mind or talking about my daughter like I'm with somebody that's paying for my time like they feel disjointed to me they're two separate people which is probably something psychologically not that healthy but anyhow I'm <laughs> playing a role and I like to be in that role and I like to be Lana I like to enjoy that too. So I don't speak about my daughter. And, but then as like, as a beginning type thing. And then, but then you find clients where you end up seeing them for years and then you're like, shit, they don't know I have a daughter. (laughs) And by that point, they know so much about you and you've developed like such a close relationship and friendship. That the fact is, if they knew those things, which probably if they listen to this podcast, they definitely will now. But if they knew I had a daughter, they'd be like, why the fuck didn't she tell me? And then they get really, they get really um, upset about it. And then those little things, well, it's not a little thing, I guess, but um, it's like a blow to their ego. And then they feel like you're hiding things and then it just ruins the working relationship. So, but it's never like I was really keeping anything from them. It was just part of my my thing I never did. I never talked about my daughter. I never talked about her being a mom. And I was just just Lana. And then after a couple of years, you're like, well, fuck, now I can't say it. So, (laughs) but people will tell clients, they'll tell them really intimate details. They'll talk about you and people that are jealous or envious, they will specifically do it to try and lose that client for you. I had this girl in another city. I won't say which one, but she was seeing one of my regular clients. So because clients like to talk about the girls that they see often, I don't really have a problem with that when they're saying positive things because it's their time to talk about it. And, you know, it's one of those things, like they can't really talk about it with anyone else but people in the industry. So I'm cool with that. I don't care. But it does backfire in, in cases like this. 
when it happens quite a lot this is one of the things i know about right like what else has been said how many clients have i lost because some bitch has said something you know purposely to make me lose a client and so she was saying to this particular client i've never met her by the way i've never met her i've had like brief super brief um passing comments on twitter and things like that but never had a conversation with her outside of tweets or instagram comments that she's posted and she was saying to my client that, like, why would he see me? He shouldn't see me. Like, I'm, I can't even remember what she said. But she was actively trying to persuade him not to see me anymore for whatever reasons. She's heard bad things or, or something or other. I truly don't even remember. I kind of, like, suppress all of these details. But I remember how angry I was. I never brought it up because, like, what's the point? So... <laughs> There's a lot of this that goes on and I've had other circumstances as well where the girl will be friendly with me or I we're seeing a client together and I'll talk about like, you know, the client openly with her because she's seeing him and then she'll just relay the, the conversation to him and, you know, some clients are challenging, right? Like they're, they're mentally challenging or they're just challenging in general their personality types but so I'm always open and honest when I speak to people about with referrals and things like that or if I'm seeing or if it's a girl that's joining my client regular client but yeah and then they'll go and they'll turn it around and try and lose you money this kind of stuff happens all the time it's like a doggy dog world but it's like really underhanded and like no one can steal your clients because the you know it's a variety clients will see who they want to see they can see whoever they want to see that's the beauty of it but when (laughs) when another worker will actively convince clients that you're a shit person or whatever you know to try and convince them not to see you anymore so they in turn get the get their that income instead of you then that's where it gets pretty shitty and telling, yeah, and telling workers names and things like that. Like it happens so often. It's unbelievable. And it's just like, it's such a breach of privacy, obviously, but it's just, it goes against like oh, so many moral things, you know, it's just, I can't understand it. I just truly cannot. And particularly because it does go against safety protocol as well, because you genuinely don't know who's going to stalk you. <laughs> it sounds dramatic. But it happens. Like most people are fine, but some are not. Some just like to know personal details about you because they feel like they know something about you. Like they they know you personally. Like clients will find out. Some of the clients will find out my my real name just through you know I've seen them a long time, or I'll order Uber Eats or something on my account because they don't want their wives to see that they're buying champagne at one a.m. or something, you know, like that. Whatever, or book hotels in my name, so they find find out. It's fine. But I always ask them to call me Lana. And it's funny because they'll get drunk or high or whatever they will get, depending on the client. (laughs) And they will go to use my real name. But my name's one of those names that it's very easy to get wrong. So they'll always call me a name that's very similar. So it just makes me giggle a little bit every time because they never say my name right anyway. It's funny. <laughs> but they've got like this little chuffed look on their face. Like they know, you know, they're doing something really personal and like secret and blah, 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 just by calling me my real name. <laughs> but they fuck it up. <laughs> so then there's other things. Sex workers behaving badly. I was talking about clients. I go on so many tangents. I'm so sorry. But another thing that's 
disgustingly common is outing another worker to their family. So that's when the outing is when they are telling people that that person, say Lana me, is a sex worker. So they will tell my mom or whatever, or they'll tell, so if I had a boyfriend, you know, I do have a boyfriend. <laughs> if I have a boyfriend, whoops. <laughs> so, you know, but obviously my partner knows that I'm a sex worker. It's very hard to hide that. But so there's sex workers that will, yeah, out other people to their families and to communities and things like that, which is just the most invasive and disgusting thing that another worker could do to somebody else, knowing all the stigma, all of the challenges that come with being an out worker and how badly that can go for people with families and things like that. Like people get disowned and it it just truly breaks so many families because of their you know, they can't get past the fact that they're a sex worker, especially when if somebody else is the one that tells them as well. Like that's a whole other issue then that like, why didn't you tell me? It becomes a huge thing. So it's just really disgusting behavior. And it's just, there's so many things that happen so often. That's peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer, ugly sort of behavior that goes on. Gossip, outing, clients, you know, client sabotage, we'll call it. Yeah, that's kind of the main thing. Just like these ugly little toxic groups where they gang up on one another and out one another and like bitch and just like really disgusting, truly awful behavior. Like I had to, so there was these groups that they're the community groups and it was just so toxic. I hate using that word toxic because everybody uses it and it's like kind of makes it sound shit (laughs) and not that bad but they were just such ugly behaviors that were coming through and because that kind of behavior feeds on more of that kind of behavior I don't want to say they were toxic again but it's like toxic behavior feeds toxic behavior and then it just like goes and goes and goes of like what about you know this photographer and they're like tear them down or what about this sex worker whether and it's somebody that whose opinion they don't believe in whether it be somebody in the media and they just literally just bully them and then there'll be male sex workers and they'll out other workers in these groups because they're simply because they're men and I'm like how the fuck do you think that that's okay you know Like I I left the groups because I couldn't deal with how, yeah, how badly it was or you couldn't say anything about your success or whatever because it's just so, it's so political. But, and that's fine, but people can have different views and have different, you know, different circumstances to you. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. (laughs) It just means that you don't see eye to eye on some things. Like that's totally fine. And nothing changes if you're aggressive about it and talking and bitching and bullying behind people's back. That makes you no better than Punna Planet. Like it truly doesn't. But that's a whole other topic. (laughs) Okay, so sex work is behaving badly in the way of clients. This is probably the main thing to talk about because this is what causes so much angst with clients around paying deposits and I get it but also we're a professional business oh no there's more I needed to talk about it doesn't matter I'll talk about it another time so 
sex workers behaving badly with clients. So yeah, they don't want to pay us deposits sometimes. And we need to let them know that sex work is work and that we are professionals and we're not going to run off with their measly 20% because we'd rather the full fee anyway, right? Like what kind of idiot is going to be like, hey, yeah, no, $200 is sweet. I don't worry. I don't want my 700. You keep it. No, (laughs) I want all of that fee. Thank you very much. So this is pretty layered because there are sex workers that, okay, no, firstly, for the clients listening, there is a big difference between a sex worker behaving badly in the way of stealing your deposit and you losing your deposit by canceling your appointment. They're very different things. You pay a deposit to secure the time and the date and that with her. If you cancel for any reason, even if you cancel an hour later, I'm sorry, my friend, but you have lost your deposit. Those are the rules. In some circumstances, they'll let you transfer it or whatever their rules are. Everyone has different deposit rules. So if you get on your high horse and you tell me that someone has stolen your deposit because you've canceled an appointment, no, you're an asshole who doesn't understand how deposits work and you wouldn't do that to any other industry. So like, don't make a deposit, don't make, don't pay a deposit and make an appointment if you're not sure you're going to do the appointment. It's fine. You know, like just don't do it then. No one stole your money. But there are instances where sex workers will steal deposits. That's a thing that happens. I don't know how often it happens. I do know that a lot of sex workers have social anxiety and and sometimes people do cancel bookings and then, you know, after a certain point, then they feel really anxious about doing, I don't know. Like there's a lot of things that I don't think the majority of people intend to steal the deposits, for instance, but it can get very frustrating for clients who keep getting canceled appointments and then it feels like to them that they are cancelling or their money has been stolen. I understand that. And there are instances where sex workers will steal deposits. Not many, but it does happen. And I had a um a situation that's actually still causing me issues. I had an I had got a message the other day. This will explain it a little bit. That dear Lana J, I made an appointment with you in whatever month it was, in 2017. I paid a $50 deposit. You never showed up. You stole my money. Can I please have my deposit back? Can you please refund my $50? And um, firstly, I've never taken $50 deposits. I would, yeah, I've never done that. So I know it wasn't me, first of all. Secondly, I would never just not turn up. And I would, Oh, and they said I turned my phone off. My phone is never off. I can't actually turn my phone off. My phone is so broken. I can't physically turn it off. which is awful I should just buy a new one but I just don't like spending money on them anyhow I had somebody around that time 2017 2018 who was using my images and they were very clever so it was it was identity fraud or something fraud and so I was getting all of these messages like Lana where are you I'm like I'm at home like why would you be at home and I'm like why would I not be? <laughs> like, we have an appointment. I'm like, no, we don't. Like, well, where's my money then? I'm like, what money? <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know who you are. You've just, you've just started messaging me. And uh, they're like, no, I've paid you a deposit. I'm like, you haven't. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And so uh, the first guy would send me the screenshots. And I'm like, okay, that's not my number. Like, that's not me. You, you can see you've contacted me on a different number, right? Like, you can see that. And like, well, what, who is this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm sorry, but, I be, you know, I believe it's somebody that's using my photos. 
So they sent me the ad and they'd set up this profile on Lacanto, which I think is free. I'm not sure, free or cheap or something like that. And they used all my photos. They copied my bio. The rates were substantially different though. It was like maybe a third of my rates. And so anybody that actually knows who I am would know that those rates are very different. But men, when they're horny, do not really think so rationally. I get that. Also, it was on the Central Coast, which, and I'm in Sydney. So I've had guys that said, well, I thought because you're on the Central Coast, you're charging a less rate. I'm like, sorry, dude, not my thing. Just same rate all the time. But so, yeah, so there was somebody on the Central Coast that was using my photos and they were very clever because they were linking to my real profile as well. So say if you want more information, then you go to my Scarlet Blue profile or my website or whatever it was, which of course would have a different phone number on it. But like I said, guys don't think rationally and nor do they think to really put all the pieces together. And because you really think the best of people typically and because I have a great reputation within the industry. So they wouldn't um, automatically think that I am um, like it's a scammer. They would just assume it's me, which is what happened multiple, multiple times. And so the person would pretend to be me. They would get the person to go and pay the fee at a like a smart ATM, just deposit cash into the ATM, and then they would block that number. Just take their money and, you know, and that was it. So after a few of these times, <laughs> I obviously went to the police because it was not a once-off thing. I'd contacted Lacanto to get the website taken down their page taken down, which they did, but then they just pop a new one back up. It's like, you know, it's just one of the flaws of some of these websites. And so I went to the police and they were just clueless as to what to do because they didn't really know what sort of category it fell in because it was fraud. Their person was stealing. It was my identity. And, you know, they just didn't really seem to have any clue of what to do for this sort of internet type fraud scenarios. So it was investigated and I never really got an outcome, to be honest. Oh, the, the last update that I got from the police was pretty much that because the people that whose money was stolen weren't reporting it, there wasn't too much they could do, even though it was my identity and photos and my reputation on the line, there wasn't, which still blows my mind, that there wasn't enough, even with all of the information that they had to really charge this person. So there's a flaw in the system anyway. But but because the people didn't want to go and report it because they would have had to go to court and a lot of people that see sex workers either firstly don't want to be seen publicly as seeing sex workers or they've got a wife or they've got a girlfriend or, like I said, again, they just don't want to be in court known for paying a sex worker and then also them being scammed. Like there's so many things that they don't want to do which is one of the reasons why so many people that aren't genuine in the industry get away with it because there's this thing where people don't want to be seen as associated with the sex industry at all. So because this happens, I'm guessing semi-often, I don't know how often, every guy that doesn't want to pay a deposit says it happens all the fucking time. But again, it's just an excuse because they're likely not going to show up so they don't want to pay a deposit and end up losing that money. But it happens and it does contribute to why people have negative views of sex workers as a whole because some of this stuff does happen. Like I said, it's not it's not a huge part of the industry. It's a small percentage of people. But when it's not talked about and it's not discussed and nothing's really done about it because I don't really know, I don't know what the answer is here. Like, what do you really do? How do you get around it? Because <laughs> how do you get a, how do you report something that 
you know, you don't want to be seen to be associated with. So I guess my tips for people who don't want to be scammed is to look on reputable websites, look on actual, the on the sex workers website. Um, not every reputable sex worker has a website. They don't need one. And some just can't be bothered and don't have the capacity to do it. And that's totally fine. But it is one thing to double check. So looking on the main sort of websites, looking on their social media, if they've got social media as well, just check the numbers align. Just check it's the same number. Um, that's like the first thing to do, right? If there's one number that's different, you're like, why? And then contact contact them by, hey, your number's different. Or, you know, just like investigate a tiny little bit <laughs> uh, because nobody wants to be scammed. It's an awful feeling and... But I guess you just, you know, there's some things you can do to just making sure you are contacting the right person. So there is that whole thing. And then there's obviously sex workers behaving badly. It can go in the way of and di- being with clients as well. So there's stealing people's money. There's, work- <laughs> you know, there's workers that have stolen people's stuff, like in bookings and things like that. But at the same time, I feel like I always need to like counter it with something that's not sex worker. It's just like, it's something innately, you know, like I know that whenever I say something negative about a sex worker, I'm like, I have to, you know, defend us because everything we say in a negative way about the industry at all is just magnified and is seen as a way to demonize the entire industry. And which is exactly why no one speaks about it, because any negative thing you say about the industry is just proof that shouldn't exist or proof that we're just full criminals and full of like desperate addicts and like all of the things and it's like it's so bad it's so bad everyone in it's just desperate and gross and bad and blah 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 just you know feeding the negative narratives that are uh, alive within society which aren't true but that's why nobody says anything about it because as soon as a sex worker says the neg- negative thing to like see we told you we told you this is happening but there's reasons why it's happening and because nobody talks about it and well, there's not like well, maybe there is things actively being done to help counter this. I don't truly know. And apologies if I've completely missed something and I should have really, you know, um, talked about. But anyway, so it's happening. It shouldn't happen. But there is clients that steal from workers as well. So, like, we're touring and things like that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not going on a tangent. But when girls are touring is when a lot of girls get robbed, right? Because if people are touring um, and they're working nights, then you can, you know, they probably would have cash. So I've had, you know, there's girls that have been robbed in situations like that, which is fucking awful and disgusting, but off topic. So I'll address sort of that stuff at a later date. I just got went on a tangent, didn't know how to go back. <laughs> so sex workers behaving badly in bookings is one topic as well. And this can be a myriad of things, but my most hated one and the one that's come up when I was speaking with Instagram my Instagram followers about this the other day is like girls rolling their eyes and pulling faces behind clients back and just talking really negatively about them when they don't think the client's there or listening or or whatever. It's just showing like complete disrespect for the person paying for their time. And to be honest, I found this a lot when I worked for an agency. I don't find it when I work independently. I think people that work independently have like a, a very different 
um, view of clients and they have a genuine respect <laughs> and they feel so grateful that clients have chosen them and they want to spend time with them. Not always, but that's my general view. But with agencies, and uh, I found when I was working with them that the other sex workers there just really didn't treat the clients well. In saying that we didn't, they didn't treat us very well either, we did not see them at their best selves. It was like late night when they're drunk and high and just really not great people. But still like the blatant disrespect of a client and being rude and, and things like that does happen and has and it is something that does happen to a lot of clients that I've found because clients will tell me that they've had bad experiences and the girl was rude or just really like really hard work. And I find that so interesting because like our one thing is to make it easy. Like it's easy sex. It's easy intimacy. Like a guy doesn't want it to be hard. Otherwise, you know, you probably have a girlfriend. <laughs> um, or, you know, even if he does, you know, it's still going to be hard work. Um, oh, that was <laughs> – but so it's easy. Like it's just meant to be fun. It's just meant to be fun, easy, quick or whatever. Uh, it shouldn't be hard. But some people make it really fucking hard for clients in every way. Like change location, they're late, they're this, they're that. Like they make it – impossible to pay deposits on time or just like really aggressive in the way that they communicate and there's negative things like are taken on board by clients that experience them and then that kind of sours their view of the whole industry and it makes them hesitant to want to see other workers because they've had such negative experience previously and even if you know uh, thinking of when girls are together and bookings and one of them is being disrespectful. Like I said, rolling eyes and pulling faces behind the client's back. It might not be something they see, but it's something they can definitely feel. Like you can feel that sort of really uncomfortable energy that people are emitting in, a, in an intimate space like that. And it's not going to leave the client with like happy feelings by the end of the booking. So it's just really shitty behavior. So, but, oh yeah. And so one of the reasons that clients are hesitant to to give us personal details is for the obvious probably not obvious but they don't want to be associated with the industry and there's people within the industry who will blackmail who do or have blackmailed clients into giving them more money i know of a few a few scenarios i've got one of the most amazing incredible like kind-hearted uh clients she's just like Oh, just so beautiful and generous who has, is being blackmailed by a, a previous person that he's seen years ago. And uh, she just keeps contacting him for, for more money, just like every couple of months just asks for X amount of money. And it's, it's an insane amount of money that he's being blackmailed into giving her because he's so terrified of the consequence of not giving it, which is breaking up his family. <laughs> and I just, I can't imagine doing that to somebody, first of all, but also having that, living with that fear, knowing that you're fine and the things that you've done to unwind and create a little, you know, space for yourself and 
to fulfill the needs that you need to maintain a happy family life could be twisted and turned around and used against you and broken up your whole entire family and ruined not just his life but other people's life simply because he wouldn't give you money for nothing like it's just such a sickening thing that happens and it's not often like i said i know of two scenarios where this has happened this is one that i currently know of and another one that a worker that i knew well super well known and um blackmailed a client into she tried to blackmail a client into giving like 20 grand or something like that for times that she'd agreed to see him like they were together essentially they were dating and a few years later she decided she found out that he was actually married he hadn't moved countries like he told her so she got angry and decided to bill him for the time that they she spent with him while they were dating. Um, and he so knowing that he was married, she threatened to tell his wife that if she didn't get the twenty grand or whatever amount it is, it could have been fifteen, it could be ten. I really don't even know. It was I'm I'm not one for details. You might have noticed he didn't have the money. Apparently, he didn't have the money. So she did tell his wife, like. To think that people are so desperate or hungry for money or their ego is bruised so badly that they are willing to ruin somebody else's life for for a choice that that they personally made years ago is just astounding to me. And I don't know, like we all do really, we can all do really shitty things at certain points in our lives, but I do not know what kind of person (laughs) would go to the lengths of ruining somebody's marriage for money ever. But it's a thing that happens in the industry. Only occasionally, very, very occasionally. I don't think it happens that often. But this is one of the reasons clients don't want to give details. Like, you know, sometimes we ask for license details or full name or whatever because it's our safety, it's our body, right? Like we want to know that we're going to be safe or we want to know who you are if you're going to fuck us. (laughs) Like I feel like that's a pretty basic thing to know. But as soon as you ask these questions, clients get really like uptight about it. And um, and this is why. And I had a client that I'd seen for years and it wasn't until like four years later, he actually told me what even industry he worked in. He was so secretive about it because I don't even know why. Like he knew so many details about me, but he just didn't want me to know what industry he was in. There's nothing even... You know, it's not like politics or anything like that. But yeah, people get really uptight about it. And this is the reason why, because some people will blackmail knowing the disaster they can cause. And in this case, I was a low enough person to actually do it. So yeah, pretty disgusting. And I don't know, I... Yeah, this is, see, this is the thing, right? Like, that's something they probably shouldn't say because people are like, oh, my gosh, now it's something else I have to worry about. It's not something – it's, like I said, it's such a low percentage that – I mean, there was so, – it'd be so rare that it would ever, 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 ever happen. But it does happen, and I don't know what you can do to safeguard it, but, like, you know, the majority of us are good. <laughs> we, uh, we love our clients and we respect you and the majority of us have – such utmost respect for their lives their personal lives and for discretion and most of us you know great people like most people most people are good people right like there's a very small percentage of people that would go to the lengths of ruining somebody's marriage for personal gain but yeah that's just people in general i suppose
So another big thing that I is my personal pet peeve of mine in sex workers behaving badly is casual racism. This one is so, uh, this one happens a lot in the industry. I hate to say it, but it truly does. And it covers, you know, it's, <laughs> it's so obvious in some people's ads that I can't believe that people get away with doing it is that they advertise it. They won't see certain um, ethnicities or certain people of certain backgrounds and they get away with it in saying that it's just their preference. I'm sorry, you're a service industry. You do not get to decide who your clients are in a way that's going to be racist. Like you cannot be in any industry and say, I'm not going to see, I'm not, I'm not going to say them because I don't even want to, you know, I'm not, I'm just not going to say what they are or what the typical ones are, but yet they get away with it. And then so many people will defend their choice in this too. And it just goes to show how racist, can't speak how racist our society truly is when it comes to certain backgrounds. And like I had an argument with one of my clients about this because one of the girls that he sees doesn't see a certain race. And he's like, well, you know, she's just had some dramas with that, uh, with someone of that race before. So she gets like PTSD and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm sorry, that's that's not okay. And I feel like that's an excuse. Like I've been raped by a... Um, a wealthy Caucasian man. I've been held captive in in a room and been threatened to thrown over, be thrown over a balcony by like a Greek man. If I suddenly started saying that, I'm sorry because I've had bad experiences with Caucasian and Greek men previously. I'm not going to see them anymore. Like, can you imagine the uproar that that would be? It would be insane. It would be. It would just. And it's disgusting, but yet because there's some backgrounds, if some backgrounds, you know, other people are just like, oh, well, you know, that's her choice, isn't it? No, she's fucking racist is what it is. And then it goes on as well and then girls will talk about how, you know, just negative things about certain races again in bookings and just really just be absolute bitches. Just casual racism is just absolutely rife through the industry and it's not okay and I'd love to say that it's changing, but I haven't seen it change. I feel like it's definitely, I've found it more common in agency work. But then again, that was like seven years ago. So potentially it's changed in that area as well as time's gone on. I hope so. I hope, I hope there's, convers- I mean, I don't have this conversation as much anymore. So I'm hoping that I'm wrong and hopefully it has gone down, but the ads are still there. People are saying that they're not going to see certain races and backgrounds is still very much a real thing that's happening right now. And I've seen many an argument in the recent past about people defending their choices to have a right to see certain, to not see certain ethnicities, which is just, I just like, I in, in this day and age, I truly cannot understand how that's something that's accepted by a majority of people. Or how it's even accepted on an advertising platform, actually. Like, you can't be racist in in any way, but ever, and you shouldn't be, and you shouldn't allow to, to show any racism in any way ever, in any marketing sort of way or just personality-wise, you'd be cancelled as a person. But in this industry, it's just like, it's fine, it's her choice. Who she lets touch her body is, um, it's her choice. It's not actually that way, though. You are still racist, my friend. So that was my little ramble on sex workers behaving badly. 
kind of juicy. There was some more stuff I forgot to mention um, that was really juicy, but I guess I can save it for another day. I'm sure I'll get like plenty more thoughts come through. Oh yeah, there's so many. Never mind. It's okay. This is it's running long anyway. So you'll be sick of listening to me ramble. So thank you so much for joining me. If you like this episode, please hit subscribe and review me five stars. And if you write me a review on Apple Apple iTunes, that would be so amazing. I, I get so happy every time I read them. And I just want to say thank you for supporting me. Have a wonderful day.